Welcome to the Wealth Studying Podcast. This is episode 394. Today is December 20th, 2022. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. I just want to give you a quick commentary about market conditions and make a comment about how the Santa Claus rally looks like it's petering out. But the main part of today's episode is to talk about money market funds and why I think that for me and my money, that's the best place to be hiding out until we see this market consolidate. Now, I know some of you are probably screaming, saying, but I don't have access to a money market fund. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. As far as general market conditions, listen, the market is so volatile right now from day to day, depending upon how the algorithms are going to trade the headlines and depending upon how much sway the professional institutional investors have to use the shallow liquidity in the marketplace right now to massage and raise their overall performance for the end of the year, you know, we'll see this volatility continue. I think the Santa Claus rally has definitely petered out. My assumption is that things are going lower as soon as we get into the new year. That's not so much what I want to talk about today. I will mention, though, that we're continuing to see lower corporate estimates for next year. I'm talking profit estimates. Morgan Stanley has consistently been accurate all year. And just recently, I noticed that they have actually brought their profit estimates for 2023 down to 195. So whether the number ends up at 190, 195, 200, 205, it doesn't matter how you slice it. Everyone is predicting a recession in terms of corporate profits. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean the country will go into uh, you know, an economic recession, but there is definitely a projection for a corporate profit recession, which you know, we're talking about a decline in corporate profits. And the reason that's important is because long term, the only thing that really matters in terms of a stock price is the corporate profitability. So that's what we want to keep an eye on. These estimates are getting lower, and I suspect as we get into January and fourth quarter earnings come out, we'll see the general consensus on Wall Street coming down to that 200 or below level. Now I'm already digressing. Here, what I want to focus on, though, is just briefly looking at the S&P 500. We've come off of the October lows and is normally seasonal and likely to happen in the end of the year and into December. We were seeing a Santa Claus rally. That looks like it petered out the week of December 16th. That was the final gasp when the S&P 500 had decisively closed not only below its 200-day moving average, but ended that week closing down below its 50-day moving average. We remain at about that level right now. Non-coincidentally, we're just below that key level of support and resistance that I've talked about for most of the year which is that 38.50 to 39.50 level. It couldn't hold that. The S&P 500 is just below that level, which now is acting as resistance, and that's right at 38.20. That's not good news for the market. It's not good news for the way things are likely going to turn out in early January because it almost seems like we're deja vu all over again from this time last year. If you remember, we finished up last year with a fairly strong Santa Claus rally. But by the time we got into the first or second week of January, that began to fail. 
the S&P 500 broke below its 50-day moving average. And then when we got into the initial days and the initial phase of the Ukraine invasion, the market broke down below its 200-day moving average. Once that didn't turn into World War III, the market rallied up again above both the 50- and 200-day moving average. That was in late March, early April. And essentially since then, you can say that the market had put in a head and shoulders pattern or a double top or however you want to slice and dice that pattern. But bottom line, pretty much since April, the S&P 500 has not been able to hold its 200-day moving average. It failed at that level during the attempted recovery this summer in August. And as I just mentioned, it failed at the 200-day moving average again at this failed Santa Claus rally attempt. So pretty much since April, we've seen the S&P 500 consistently putting in lower highs. And for now, while it continues to you know, maintain that 3,800 or so level, if corporate profits do deteriorate to the extent that's currently being projected, then this level will be unlikely to be held because the valuations are no longer justified. So does that mean we're going down to 3,600, 3,500, 3,300? 3,000. It sure looks like we're going to test the lows of October, and I wouldn't be at all surprised to see the S&P 500 slip down to that either 3,300 or 3,000 level. Now, if a black swan event occurs, then all bets are off, and we can't really pick and choose what those black swan events, because by their very nature, they're black swan events, and they're unpredictable. So whether the market drops down to 3,500 or down to 3,000 or gets worse than that, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm pretty much 90% out of the market. I am holding about 10% equities, and the vast majority of that is concentrated in oil stocks. If this were a normal recession, I would also be liquidating my oil stocks. But this is a very unusual recession. We're going into this recession with extremely low unemployment, and at the same time, a low level of overall fossil fuel reserves, or I should say fossil fuel inventories. And that's because of all the geopolitical issues that we've experienced this year, primarily with the war in Ukraine and the sanctions on Russia. And it doesn't look like that's going to stop anytime soon. So I think that will at least put a floor under fossil fuel prices and then at some point, the Chinese economy, which has been stifled for the last two years, it will eventually reopen. And that will mean that there's probably going to be another one or two million barrels a day of oil that will be needed to run their economy. So I think this is an unusual situation, and it's likely that oil can hold at these levels. And actually, I really don't care much about oil. I don't own oil. I own oil stocks. And oil stocks overall are continuing to perform exceptionally well because there's been so much underinvestment in that sector over the last eight years or so. So valuations remain extremely attractive in the oil sector, and that's one of the only sectors of the economy where they do look attractive. I'm digressing. Okay, listen, let's focus on money market funds. If you don't know what the cash equivalent money market fund is at your particular broker, well, give them a call and ask them, and they'll tell you. But the key phrase there is you're looking for something that's probably called a cash equivalent money market fund. 
Now, money market funds are referred to as cash equivalent money market funds. Now, what that means is that unlike an FDIC insured bank account, they are not, and I repeat, they are not guaranteed or protected in any way. However, for the most part, they do remain an extremely safe place to park your money. Your principal is not 100% guaranteed. Like I say, however, historically, they've continued in good markets and bad to preserve the principal value. And the advantage to cash equivalent money market funds in the environment that we're in right now is that their interest rates are variable. And so since we see an inverted yield curve where short-term interest rates are extremely and much higher than long-term interest rates, that means that because money market funds are essentially reserves that are loaned out over a 30 or a 90-day period of time, they're extremely short-term in duration, and they're benefiting from the inverted yield curve. And as a consequence of that, the money market funds that I use and others that I've looked at are right now paying at or about 4%. So number one, you're getting an extremely high interest rate in relative terms. And then as importantly or more importantly than that, the money is 100% liquid, meaning that you can turn around and either withdraw your funds from that money market fund so that you can spend them, or you can use those funds to buy stocks to reinvest in the market should we get a pullback. And to me, that's the real appeal of money market funds. Number one, we're getting a fairly decent interest rate. Number two, the money is 100% liquid so that if market conditions change tomorrow, and as you heard me say many, many times, it's likely they could, not necessarily tomorrow, I'm using that as an analogy, but much of the problems that we're currently encountering are policy related. Again, policy, whether that's sanction policy, geopolitical policy, tax policy, or interest rate policy. The factors that are driving the slowdown in the economy and the effects of inflation are more and more policy related and policies can and do change and often abruptly. Again, look at China, look at how over the last three years they've had a zero COVID policy. They've essentially locked down their economy at any time there's been an outbreak of COVID. And right now, at about the worst possible time for them to lift that policy, they're doing it. So policies can do change, and usually it's abruptly. And because of that, I want to be liquid. If the market drops down to 3000 tomorrow, I want to be able to buy in and get in on that dip. And if my money is tied up in a CD, even if it's only a three-month CD, then I can't get immediate access to my money like I can if it's in a cash equivalent money market fund. So for me and my money, that's where I'm currently sitting. That's where I'm parking my cash reserves. Now, if you have a standard brokerage account or an IRA or a Roth, or if you have a 401k account that trades at a discount broker, you are very likely and probably about 100% or 1000% likely to have access to a cash equivalent money market fund. However, if you just have a traditional employer-sponsored retirement plan, like a 401k or a 403b, then it's very likely that you don't have access to a money market fund. And that's been the case for, I don't know, I think pretty much since about 2010. 
Now, what's likely being offered in your 401k plan is something called a stable value fund. Now, it's not cash and it's not a money market fund, but as the name implies, it is a stable value fund, meaning that it's probably backed up by some insurance company or some other kind of a scheme where they're protecting the principal value of your money. And that's what you want when we're in a declining market like this. So look at your 401k, your 403b plan. Look at for something that's probably called stable value or some name similar to that. And that's likely the closest you're going to get to a place where you can park your cash until we see the dust settle in this current market condition. And then as a final thought, for those of you that work for the federal government and your retirement money is invested in the thrift savings plan, then you're not going to see a stable value fund, nor are you going to see a money market fund. But what you do have access to is an amazing alternative, which is called the G fund. The G fund right now, last time I looked at it, was again paying somewhere up around 4%, maybe a little less. Although it's essentially a mid-duration bond fund. Now, I don't want to invest in any type of bond funds because bond funds can and do lose money. I'm talking about losing principal as interest rates rise. And in all likelihood, the Federal Reserve is not done raising interest rates. So I don't want to put my money into any type of a bond fund until I think interest rates have peaked. Now, the one exception to that would be those of you that have access to the thrift savings plan because that G fund does what no other bond fund that I'm aware of does, and that's protect your principal. The federal government is 100% guaranteeing the principal, and so not only are you going to receive a very nice interest rate from that, but you also have absolutely none, as in zero, exposure to rising interest rates. I don't have access to the G fund, and so that's why you don't often hear me talk about it. But if I did, I would be parking my money in that. Okay, well, that's all I have for you today. I am going to try and get out a couple more episodes before the end of the year. And these may be less about the stock market and the economy and more about lifestyle and the core principles of wealth building. So watch for those episodes. And then also watch my blog post. Because this Thursday, we're going to get the final release for the year of the conference board's leading economic indicators. And I will most likely be using that data to put out my final blog post for the year. Well, hey, until then, as always, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.